0: Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10 30 a.m. every Sunday.
1: And Vicky is going to come and speak. Thank you for Vicky Lord. Thank you for all the preparation that has gone into this word. Lord, this word has been delayed and moved and delayed and moved, but we really believe today is the right day, because your timing is perfect. So Lord, just bless her as she speaks, may we have ears to hear what you have to say to us, in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: In so long since I've spoken that you've actually had a new microphone and I couldn't find the on switch. <laughs> so... Um, Continuing with the theme of Colossians that we've been working through, um, I'd picked Colossians 3 verse 23, and that says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. And I've had, really since COVID started, had it in mind to speak, to say something about work, but it's been kind of a nebulous thing, and I've struggled to shape this word, if, if that's the right phrase. Um, for any of you who doesn't know, I'm an emergency medicine doctor. Uh, so the last two years have been interesting, to say the least. Uh, we've learnt a lot. We've rewritten a lot of rules. Um, there was a point uh, where we were sort of changing our guidance week on week, uh, which was fairly interesting. Um, I'm not going to talk about working through covid too much, I hope. Uh, Please forgive me if I do, it's been a large part of my life. Um, But what I really wanted to think about is the bit of our lives when we walk out of here. Um, In a way, it's a bit like... um, thinking about when, partic- when Jesus was, was on earth and he would go off somewhere quiet to pray and then he'd go back into the hustle and bustle. Um, and he had wonderful times, I'm sure, when he was praying on a mountaintop or in the garden or wherever. Um, but actually, the miracles happened and the harvest happened and the people were blessed when he went back into the hustle and bustle. And so s- our lives are a bit like that. When we come here on a Sunday, when we go to group, it's a bit like going off into that quiet place. But the nuts and bolts of you interacting with the world happen when you go out of here. They don't happen when you're in here necessarily. They may do. I mean, this is, you know, I'm not, there's no hard and fast <laughs> rules. But um, we are not just called to be Christians on a Sunday. You all know that. We're called to go out into the world. I happen to have been sent to Derby Emergency Department. It's an interesting place. You've been sent to all manner of places. Um, And again, if if you're sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? I don't work. This This is not... I'm not necessarily talking about paid employment. People do all manner of things as work if you look back at that verse work willingly at whatever you do whether that's in the home whether that's caring whether that's volunteering whether that's ministry whether that's serving whatever that is whether it's paid or unpaid God has sent you there he's put you in that place Um, and I hope I've got a few insights that might bless us Um, as I share some of the things that have challenged me over the last couple of years, and and that I've figured out, usually the hard way. (laughs) If there's an easy way, I probably won't go that way. Um, it's, It's difficult when we get out there, isn't it? It's not straightforward. You don't breeze through anywhere, and I don't think Jesus did that either. He didn't stroll out and, and, you know, red carpets unrolled before him. He went out into a dusty, mucky world that was complicated um, and he got down with people where they were. Um, I've been doing some work over the last few years learning uh, about coaching um, and one of the assignments I wrote was coaching in a VUCA World, V U C A, and that mnemonic stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. <laughs> that describes my life. <laughs> 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 volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And that is where Jesus is sending us. Into that volatile world into where the, it's so complex that the rules change from minute to minute, where things are uncertain, where things are ambiguous, and where you could have got away with or saying something last year that this year it's offensive, and etc, etc, and there's a reason in Colossians one that. Paul's prayer for the church is, I pray you'll have all the endurance and patience that you need. He knows that he's sending those people out into that volatile and complex world. He knows they're going to need endurance and patience in bucket loads, and that's why he's praying it for them. So, why should we be bothered about what we do Monday to Friday, or Saturday, Sunday, whenever, um, I've looked at a couple of, of broad biblical principles, and, and one, that neither of them are particularly radical. Um, you'll probably be familiar with them. One is um, Matthew 25, 14 to 30, the parable of the talents, uh, a story that we, I'm sure, know quite well. Essentially, you have this um, rich guy who goes away and says to his servants, I'm going traveling, here you are, you have five lots of silver, you have one you have uh, sorry you have 10 you have five you have one Um, see what you can do with it and then he comes back and the first two have multiplied what they had and the last one said I was so scared of you Lord I hid it in the ground and I didn't do anything with it now those that silver is representative of all of our God-given resources Um, and so there is a charge that we are responsible for those resources and your resources are going to be different to my resources we all have different but we have to be responsible to God for what we do with them Um, we have to invest our resources wisely and that can be money it can be time it can be material possessions it can be talents whatever we have one day we have to stand accountable and say this is what I did with that that you gave me and so part of that a big part of that is is what you do in, in work, um, as we work willingly at whatever we do, and then the other passage, um, which is more of a little phrase, uh, is in second thessalonians um, chapter three, verse ten, and it basically says if you don 't work you don 't eat and there 's a whole load of stuff in the letters um, in the New Testament about it can be a bit difficult to read now um, about what you do with widows and orphans and all of that stuff, what you do with slaves, but essentially you can see that here's a church trying to write the rules as they go along, and they're really struggling with that volatility, with that uncertainty, with that complexity. They're struggling with, well, what do you do? There are clearly some people who just physically can't do anything, and we need to support them. And you know prior to the church they would have been begging on the street but we're going to care for them and we need to support them and then they had other people coming into the church going hey do you know what they give away free money and free food in that place go in there and they were struggling just with the sheer practicalities of how do you sort out the can't work and the won't work and how do we not go completely bankrupt trying to support these people who want to freeload um And that's why there's all this stuff in the New Testament where they're just trying to figure it out and they might not get it completely right and those rules and principles will change as we go through society, but it's still coming down to the practicalities of how do we work out the love of Jesus, how do we bring about the kingdom of God in this complicated world? But I will not deny There are a whole load of pitfalls. (laughs) Um, And the two that I wanted to think about particularly are losing sight of the goal and moving to a place where you are not worshipping God and the role that he has chosen for you, but you're worshipping the role. It becomes a false idol. Um, And also then thinking about overspending yourself, overspending those resources and burnout. So just thinking about the first issue, the first pitfall, it's ridiculously easy, isn't it, to say, God has sent me to this place, he's put me in this role, I feel tremendously important, thank you, God, and over time, that evolves into this role is really important. And then it becomes, I have to do this role. Uh, it's it's easy to do in medicine, you know. You can I can work as many hours as I want, especially at the moment. There staff are off like flies with COVID. I've just had two and a half weeks off. Um, the irony of the fact that I've been swimming in COVID at work for two years and then managed to catch it from church is not lost on me. <laughs> uh, but hey ho. Um, but yeah, it's it's easy to get to a point where you think I. This is my role. this is what i 'm here for and and I, therefore i have to I have to just keep doing it um, and i 've seen colleagues who 've done that um, who 've you know lost marriages um, have had their children grow up with barely even knowing noticing um, because they are just always there that 's not what God wants for you um, he 's a god of rest and enjoyment and relaxation and um, good things and so that leads us on to thinking about burnout um, and I have to say I've, I've probably come closer to burnout in the last two years than I have at any other point in, in my career life because it's been incredibly difficult um, and I will do a little bit of talking about working in COVID now just because it's topical um, and also because God's taught me a whole load of stuff through this Um, But we had certainly in the first lockdown, um, one of my colleagues was on intensive care with COVID um, and spent probably six weeks on intensive care in our hospital um, and then died. Uh, So that was incredibly difficult for the department Uh, and for, you know, he was a a friend. Um, That was really awful. Um, And then we had this situation where none of us knew what was going on and the rules changed week by week. Uh, We were dealing with an illness that we'd never dealt with before, and it's a weird illness. Um, Bad COVID is different to other stuff that we've seen before. Your oxygen levels go down, but where if you had a normal thing like pneumonia or asthma or something, you would feel your oxygen levels going down, and you'd be sitting in recess, panting and huffing and puffing and trying to suck in as much oxygen as you can. In COVID, you just sit there, serene, unbothered, as we watched the numbers dropping on the monitor going, oh dear, um, there is, I have a patient I will carry with me forever, um, who, I, w- I walked into resus, and we'd just learnt at that point about proning people, about turning them over onto their fronts to try and share out the blood supply and the oxygen. Um, and he was sitting there, looking fairly unconcerned with oxygen saturations in his boots, um, and and I said to the guys who were in there, we've got to turn him over, uh, we've got to get intensive care, um, and so we, start, we turned him over, uh, we, they were on the phone to intensive care, the intensive care team came down and at the same time, knowing that he was about to be anesthetized and would be asleep um, and that his relatives couldn't come in anyway, I went and sat down at the top of the trolley where he was, face down, so you couldn't even see what was going on, um, and got his mobile phone and um, dialed his wife and held his phone while he spoke and explained to his wife what was going on, and held his phone while he sat, lay there and said, sort of croaked out, I, I love you. Um, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like something that you'd watch on casualty, I realise, and I'm being a little dramatic, but I'm going to carry that guy forever. Um, and then <laughs> coming home we had the um, ironic situation where me the natural introvert was going out all the time uh, and struggling because there was no quiet time at home and Paul the natural extrovert you might have noticed he's a bit of an extrovert laughter <laughs> was working from home and going bonkers in the process, and we were trying to homeschool the kids, uh, and you know, you've lived through all of that, but you, you know what that's been like, um, and it was just like this perfect storm, <laughs> um, and I started to think, well, for, first of all, I started to think, I need time in the house on my own, <laughs> uh, and it made me realise I do actually need time in the house on my own, and... I started thinking, where does my strength come from? You know that, that verse in the psalm? Where does my strength come from? And God said, you've been making do with other things. You've been making do with time in the house on your own to recharge and going out for walks. Actually, it's me that you need. Uh, and I... I came up thought of a couple of things um, why on earth am i doing this poor substitute for quality time with god and then the other thing that i realized after a while it took me a while to notice but i did realize that i was doing was that actually i was postponing spending time with god until i felt that i'd got enough energy and, I and, and enough time well that's like putting off going to sleep or putting off eating when you're too hungry and too tired it's stupid isn't it (laughs) but we'll do it (laughs) so those were a couple of my revelations Um, and then a friend of mine who's a a very strong Christian lady when I was sort of pouring all of this out on her and going I think I'm going mad uh, she said do you know we're both strong women and sometimes God has to take us to the end of ourselves before we actually start leaning on him uh, and uh, that was like a light bulb moment I thought yeah you're absolutely right and I prayed about that for quite a little while and, and, and actually I think a lot of that is where this word has come from um, it's God saying I have you didn't want to do it the easy way <laughs> we've done it the hard way you know I've, I've taken you to maybe not the end of myself but a limit what, that, what was a limit at that time um, and, and you've got to lean on me And I think at that point I probably did have a choice between burnout and leaning on God. And and God really can step in. I I hope I can encourage anyone who's going through that adversity at the moment um, that God can step in when you feel like you've come to the end of yourself. He often takes you to that point to allow you to make room for him. Um, and that adversity has two benefits. One is that it shows you where the weak spots are. For me, it showed me that I was relying on things that were not enough, Um, and it shakes you out of the rut that you've got yourself into. So, what now? What are we... We've already said we're going out there to work as if we were working for the Lord. Um, We're not just going out there to pay the rent, to pay the bills, to put some food on the table. It is a vocation. I'm not talking about medicine. People talk about medicine as a vocation. No, it's a job. It pays the mortgage. Um, Life is a vocation. You have been called to a particular place and I can't, I'm not in that same place as you and I can't do that bit for you. Only you have been called to that very particular place that God has put you and that for that place, wherever it is, you are the intersection, you are the coming together of heaven and earth. You are the point where God's kingdom comes out and starts to affect the world, and only you can do it, it right here, right now, in that place where you have been called to. The, for me, that's Derby Emergency Department and the carnage that is our house. Um, for you, you know. We c- I've been listening to... Um, podcasts by N.T. Wright recently I keep raving about it to my group so they'll all roll their eyes at this point yes Vicky we've heard Um, it's just great I can't recommend him enough Um, and one of the things that he was talking to uh, talking about recently was um, that he'd seen an orchestra rehearsing and he was marveling at how fast their fingers were flying um that they were sight reading a piece um and yet they could still do you know they could still make it It wasn't perfect but it it, it sounded glorious uh, and he then went on to say we are called to be experts virtuosi if you like um in love our that's our job um it's it's love in those difficult, complex, volatile situations. It's not easy. There's no clear-cut answer because it's mucky and it's boots on the ground. But we're called to be those boots on the ground, taking God's love into that volatile world. Um, And my job feels quite volatile at times um, when there's Six security guards and a police officer sitting on someone, and I'm the one who has to sneak in and find a bit of skin to inject something to sedate them with. Um, it's very volatile, <laughs> trying not to get kicked in the head. We've got a security guard who's about this big and about this wide. Obviously, he's called Tiny. Um, <laughs> and sort of trying to sneak around and sort of work through his armpit and, and find the right bit of the patient. It, it can be interesting at times. Um, but that that's the place where I've been called To try and be an expert in God's love um, You will have equal, equally interesting situations, no doubt um, We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death uh, The bit that you're walking through is different To the bit that I'm walking through, so what? Uh, you are walking through Not staying in, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, And it's dirty and it's not very clear and sometimes you can't see which way to go and you can't see the way out. But we're walking through and one of the lovely things about being called to be a virtuoso in love in those difficult situations is that we have access to unlimited one-to-one coaching, personal tuition You know, how many musicians would leap at the chance to have continual training from the foremost expert in their field? They'd travel hundreds of miles for that opportunity, wouldn't they, to go to a master class or to attend a a summer school or whatever. Um, We've got that all the time. As, As I'm walking into whatever chaos work throws at me, I've got a coach with me all the time Who is teaching me through every situation more about the the impact, the responsibility of of being that intersection of heaven and earth, of being? We talk about light and salt in the world, don't we? Um, But you know, you are you're a beacon fire on on the horizon. and people can see that light for miles and miles around. That's the impact that you have in your everyday life. That's the impact that you're called to have in your everyday life. The other thing that um, has really spoken to me this week is thinking about how the practicalities of love work out. In Just in day-to-day, the, the banal things that happen day-to-day... Um, and one of the, the ways I've been thinking about it, I think this again comes back to N.T. Wright, so I will credit him, um, is that part of loving is breaking that cycle of anger, irritation. You know how the Facebook saying is, you know, smile and that smile spreads? It's far easier to spread negativity than it is positivity because negativity just goes like, goes viral. <laughs> Uh, and so so I, I give you the situation that you will all have been in, that uh, you stub your toe as you get out of bed, and so you're a bit snappy with the other person in your house, and then they're a bit snappy uh, as they get the bus, uh, and then the bus driver is a bit, or the person they sit next to is a bit, and it just goes on, doesn't it? It's not even like a chain, because it spreads out like ripples, And before you know it, half of Matlock is in a bad mood just because you stubbed your toe that morning. (laughs) When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus was in Gethsemane, let's take it back a night, when Jesus was in Gethsemane and the soldiers came to arrest him, he had three options. One of those was that he could have fought back. Um, No doubt, loads of the people there probably had a knife or a sword or whatever stuck under their cloaks. We know that some people, that someone actually did because he brought his sword out. Um, and, you know, if Jesus had said, right, come on, lads, that would have been the beginning of the rebellion. They would have fought back. Who knows? They might have won. They could have taken Jerusalem in a sort of military coup type thing. It wouldn't have accomplished what God wanted because he didn't want to save Jerusalem. He wanted to save the whole world. So that's option one. Option two they could have seen the soldiers coming and they could have beast, beat a hasty retreat. So they could have slunk out. I don't know whether the Garden of Gethsemane has a back door, I'm sure it does. Um, they could have, you know, made, snuck off between the trees, nicked over the Mount of Olives, headed off down the valley, and li- maybe gone on to set up some quiet little commune somewhere where they would have had a lovely, gentle time praying with each other and possibly not doing anything terribly effective. That's option two. Option three, we know what Jesus actually did. He took all of the pain and the hate and the anger onto himself. And he didn't let his disciples fight back. And he went willingly to the cross. And whilst we're not called to necessarily do all of that, we are called to take up our cross every day. And part of that is breaking that cycle of ongoing anger and irritation. And I was reading about this last week, and I sort of flippantly said to God, okay, show me how that works practically. Not really expecting to hear anything more about it. And then the next morning, I was going through my work emails, even though I was off sick, um, and there was an email from our staffing manager with quite a sarcastic comment about why does everybody keep going off sick? And it really put my back up. <laughs> and I can see where she's coming from because she's trying to staff the department and we're falling over just left, right and centre and it's a rubbish job. Um, but as you know, at that point where I was at home feeling rotten, I was just, this is the last thing I want to hear. And I was, in my head I was composing a really sarcastic email back saying this is not helping those of us who are feeling rubbish at home and I was thinking I'll WhatsApp the other consultants and... And then I suddenly thought, oh, <laughs> so this is what you were talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought, if I send that email, I'm going to put Jackie, the medical staffing manager, I'm going to put her back up. And then she's going to be cross. Uh, and then she'll probably take it out on everybody else. And she's tr- already quite cross because she's trying to patch together this rotor that looks like a fishing net. Um, and then I'm going to wind up the other consultants. Uh, And the other people who are at home sick, they're going to get all worked up as well, like I am. Um, And, well, what's it going to achieve? It's just going to spread out those ripples of of anger. Actually, no, my job is to stop this right here, right now. Uh, And so (laughs) I didn't write my email. And then a couple of hours later, I didn't write it again. (laughs) And then the next day, when I was tempted to sort of put something in passing. I thought, no, no, that's still responding. <laughs> um, I'm not saying you can never respond to anything, because clearly that's not right. Um, but just, it's, it's changed my thinking. It's, it's really challenged me, that thought of being the person who stops that chain. Um, that's, that's really spoken to me as, some th- as a sort of practical working out of, how am I love in my workplace? How am I Jesus in my workplace well one of those things is that I am the person who stops those ripples of anger Um, and so my last thing that I want to talk about uh, because time is moving on um, is just is, is moving on from that it's thinking about kingdom living we are a chosen people we are a royal priesthood and we're not the sort of royal priesthood that needs red carpets and private jets. We're the sort of royal priesthood who follows our servant king and goes out into the world and gets mucky um, and washes feet. I actually have washed feet on a number of occasions. It never gets any better. Um, it's always disgusting. Uh, but, you know, that's what Jesus did. He washed, someone's, he washed lots of people's dirty feet, and that's what we're called to do, either metaphorically or actually. Um, I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Possibly that's too much. (laughs) The other um, thing that's really spoken to me recently is the parable of the mustard seed... Um, could we maybe pull that up? So Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark 4, verse 30 to 32. Um, I've, I've read this loads and loads and loads of times over my life. Uh, I've never really quite got it what it was going on about. Um, okay, so there's a small seed and it grows into a big tree. Yeah, that's what seeds do. Um, but actually, I think what it's saying is that the kingdom of God the outworking of God on earth comes into your life sometimes as a really small thing, almost in, imperceptible, imperceptible thing. Uh, and, and you might not even realize, maybe one of those seeds is dropping into your life right now. I hope so. <laughs> um, the kingdom of God comes in, creeps in as a small, tiny thing, and then it grows And it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows, and it grows into something massive that has a huge impact and it affects loads and loads and loads of people. Uh, And it's big and obvious, and birds come and roost in it. Uh, And so, with that thought in mind, the other thought I want you to hold is going back to Colossians, going back to, verse, to chapter 1, verse 10, when it says, then the way you live will always honour and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And so I hope that this morning I've, I've sort of sparked a few thoughts about not going to just pay the bills not turning up to serve out your time and watch the clock until the eight or whatever hours have finished which we all do (laughs) sometimes on a night shift I look at the clock and you can and we all sort of look at each other and go how is it only one o'clock in the morning it should be at least four (laughs) um but it isn't (laughs) That's where we're going to, that the way you live will always honour and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. It sounds easy, it sounds simple, we know it's not because it's a volatile, complex, uncertain world out there, but that's what we're called to do and that's where we're called to go. The final, three, a final thought I want to leave you with is a little coaching tool. Um, it's called the three watts. I just want to give you this as a, hopefully something that you can pin any recollections you may have of the, the words I've said. Um, so you think, what? What have I just said? What do you remember? So what? What does it mean? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for you? Now what? What are you going to do? <laughs> anything. Anything? I don't know. Um, if, if anything of this has challenged you, spoken to you, Made you feel like you're being maybe stirred to move to a different place that God's called you to be in. Um, Please come and pray with us at the end. Um, We would love to pray with you. Um, But otherwise, that is me done.
1: Thanks, Vicky. Really excellent word. So practical and uh, so real as well. It's really, really good. Um, work is always a challenge, and uh, i 've given testimony you know many times from the front about going into work in difficult situations and God being with me in that and uh, it 's so important that we invite God into our workplace and uh, I just want to read the the last verses from uh, chapter three. It says, Let the message of Christ in All its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives, which is just what has happened. Vicky has counseled us and taught us with the wisdom that God has given her. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do or say, do as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And that is the challenge. Thank you, Vicky, so much. Fantastic word. Real uh, things to think about and really real and practical. So thank you for that. If any of those things that have come up this morning are burning in your heart come to the front we'd love to pray for you